Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all here. How many of you have been to the fair so far? A couple of you. How many of you are just trying to stay out of that whole area? All right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, it is great to have uh, Jesse and the uh, other worship team back. And I tell you, they really fill in uh, a great uh, opportunity here uh, for us all. And it's just such a blessing to have them back. And so we're glad that they're back here uh, this morning with us. Um, this morning, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 5. And uh, I did hear an interesting story about uh, two guys that went fishing at a lake in uh, Michigan. And as they were out there uh, fishing away, they were uh, fishing for catfish. And uh, one of them was on a rod there, and he got a hold of something, and it started pulling his line in really deep. And he was sitting there struggling, trying to get that fish out of the water. And he told his friend, he says, hey, man, he says, I got something here. He says, can you jump down in that lake and see what I got a hold of? The guy says, sure. So he jumps down in there. He's looking around. He comes back up. He says, man, he says, you got the biggest catfish I have ever seen in my entire life. He says, but he's stuck. He says, what's wrong? He says, well, he's inside of a car body. Well, can't you get him out? He says, well, every time I try to, he rolls up the windows and locks the doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was for you, Tom. <laughs> All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verses 17 through 21 here this morning. And uh, I just really felt impressed with the Lord to continue on through uh, some of these chapters. We've covered already uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 3 about being changed, being transformed. Uh, last week we looked at uh, the idea of us having a treasure in jars of clay. And this morning, I really wanted to hone in on uh, the idea of reconciliation. And you'll see here, um, as we read the verses, God really places an emphasis on reconciliation. And I think that's primarily because that is what God is all about. He is about reconciling mankind to himself. I mean, that is the essence of the gospel. Um, that we, as horrible, rotten people that we are, can come into a saving relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at that here this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new cre creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's have a time of prayer. Lord, as we reflect upon these uh, few verses here, God, I pray that you impress upon our hearts the importance of reconciliation. I pray that you will 
speak to us about the ministry of reconciliation that you've done in our lives. And God, may you just make us aware, make us understanding of the great and vast ministry that you've allowed us to be a part of. Help us to live out reconciliation. Speak to our hearts here this morning. I pray that there's uh, somebody here today, Lord, that is never trusted in your grace. They've never been reconciled to you. God, I pray that they'll make that decision today, that they'll turn from their sin, that they'll trust you for their full salvation. We're so grateful for your love for us. We ask all this in your name. Amen. So here in these few verses, five times we see the word reconciled or reconciliation. And I think it's important um, that God places such an emphasis on reconciliation. And really, Christ is the key to reconciliation. Because I just want you to take a look at these uh, verses here. Um, look what he says in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is, notice this, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There is no reconciliation outside of Jesus Christ. None. Um, some people think, well, if I'm just in a church, um, that's going to work. Or if I have baptism, that's going to work. Or if I'm a good person, that's going to work. But there is no reconciliation outside of Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks here, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, not in a club, not in a clique, not in the pastor's office, but he says, in Christ. We must be in Christ in order to experience this awesome thing of reconciliation. He says, all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There it is again. The key is Christ to reconciliation. As he says that who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In verse 19, he says that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So Christ is the key to reconciliation. Now, there's a few things that we're going to cover here. For example, what exactly is reconciliation? Well, you find two words here. You find the word reconciled and you find the word reconciliation. Okay? Both of those words carry two different meanings. One of them is katalage, which has the idea of to change or to put in a different standing. The other one is katalaso, which is the atonement. And if you remember um, back in the days of Sunday school of flannel graph and all of that, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, you can remember back in the time of the Old Testament, what did the priest take in the tabernacle? What was it? A lamb, a sacrifice. They would take blood, right? And they would take it into the Holy of Holies, and there they would make an atonement. They would pour that blood out on that sacrifice, on that altar there, because it was to make an atonement, a covering for their sin. 
So God here in these verses, he's telling us, he's saying, look, we have this great opportunity to live out reconciliation to a lost and dying world. And he tells us about this reconciling, this reconciliation to change, to make difference. So if we look at these verses here, notice what he says again. First of all, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Man, I love that. Do you remember what you were like before you knew the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? You remember where you were at? Some of us might have been have grown up in church all of our lives, but there is still one thing that, that affected all of us in here, and that's sin. We may have not been engrossed in it as some others have, but we were still sinners. And Christ has changed us. He's transformed us. The Bible tells us that he brought us up out of that horrible pit. He brought us up out of that miry clay, set our feet on a rock, something solid, put a new song in our mouth. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Why? Because of something we've done? Because we are just so great and wonderful and God is, wow, wow man, look at that person. No, it's because of his son, Jesus Christ. He's reconciled us to his son, Jesus Christ. Notice what he says here. All of this is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us. He changed us. He made that atonement for us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So what is reconciliation? It's a changing. It's an atonement. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, can I tell you, you need to be reconciled to God. Because if you don't have that reconciliation in your life, you're not going to make it. Some people have this idea of thinking that, well, when I stand before God, He's going to take all the good and all the bad, and it's going to be on a big, giant balancing scale. He's going to kind of weigh it out, and if the good outweighs the bad, then... That means, hey, I got it made. And it may be if the bad outweighs the good, well, God's really not that bad of a person. I don't think he'd ever really send me to hell. But the truth is, is that is a lie. The truth is we need to come to Jesus and we need to say, Jesus, I need you because I can't make it on my own. Jesus, I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your sacrifice to pay for my sins. And so when we talk about reconciliation, there must be a change. There must be an atonement for your sins. Jesus did that for us on the cross. When he bled and he died, when he sacrificed his life, when he gave it all to us, he paid for it. He reconciled us to himself. Jeffrey, let me borrow you here just for a moment. Jeffrey, do you got any problems with anybody in here? Okay, all right, Tom, all right. Come on up here, Tom. Now, here's the idea, reconciling to change, okay? Now, here's Jeffrey and here's Tom, okay? Now, Tom, we're just going to pray for Tom, right? But Tom, let's just say Tom offends Jeffrey in some way. He may, 
he may say something, he may punch him in the face, I don't know, okay? But he offends him in a way. And instead of them being where they can have communication one to another, because they're at odds now, there is no reconciliation. There's no way they can get along. But this is what Jesus did, okay? Jesus steps in and he reconciles us together now. And it's an amazing thing what God is able to do through reconciliation. So here it is. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you are at odds with God. And God loves you and he cares about you and he wants you to come to himself. He, he, he sent his son Jesus to die for you. But what do you have to do? You have to turn and you have to be reconciled to God. And that's only through Jesus Christ. He makes that possible. And he's able to reconcile two offending parties. He's able to reconcile that offense through Jesus Christ. Thank you. You can sit down. Yeah, now you guys are good friends, right? So what is reconciliation? It's a changing. It's an atonement. It's, it's being able to change and transform that, that once offending party. And God's able to bring us back to himself. I love the text. Notice what the text again says. In verse 19, or let's start in verse 18. And this is from God. What is from God? Reconciliation. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So Christ is the key to reconciliation. Christ is the only way that we're able to experience reconciliation. And I beg of you, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, turn to Jesus. Trust Christ. Be reconciled to God. Don't continue going on the pathway that you're going. Because broad is the way that leads to destruction. Turn to Jesus. Trust him. So we see... What is reconciliation? Secondly, how do we experience reconciliation? I think uh, the book of Romans really helps us out with this. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 5 and look at verse number 10. Romans chapter 5, verse number 10 and 11. This kind of really just sums up how a person experiences reconciliation. Romans chapter 5, verses 10 and 11 says, For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. How does a person receive reconciliation? Just come into church, shaking the pastor's hand, saying a funny little prayer? How does a person receive reconciliation? It's through you turning from your sin, repenting from your sin, turning away and receiving Christ. That's all it is. Some people like to make it out as some big magical thing that happens. It's just turning to Jesus. On June 26, 2002, 
That's the day that I turned to Jesus Christ. And I can remember, I was sitting in a church service, and there was a, there was a pastor up there, and he was preaching, and I was hearing about Christ. It was out of Mark chapter number 5, about the woman that had the issue of blood for many, many years, and how she was just so plagued with, with this problem. And she needed help. She needed, she needed Christ. And she heard about Jesus. She said, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, she said, I could be made whole. And she pressed her way through all the crowds, and she just touched the hem of his garment. The Bible says that Jesus, knowing immediately that somebody had touched him, he, who touched me? Who touched me? Disciples are, Lord, look at all these people. What do you mean, who touched you? He says, somebody's touched me. And there's that woman. There she is. She touched him. Just the hem of his garment, and she was made whole. As I was listening to that and I was hearing about Christ, I realized that inside my heart that I was lost, that I needed Christ, that I didn't just need a, a, a new start. I just didn't need to, to make things better. I needed a new life. I needed Jesus. And when I heard about Christ, I said, I want Jesus. I was sitting right there. I want Jesus. I want Christ. And he changed my life. He transformed me. Nothing that I could do, but it was through the power of Christ that that was capable. Many of you have had the same experience where you've trusted Jesus, you've trusted Christ. Oh, the worst thing that you could ever do is sit through a church, sit in a church, sit through church service after church service, and die and go to hell. Because you never turned to Christ. You never received Christ. You never trusted Him. You had all the head knowledge about Christ, but you never received him in your heart. The ministry of reconciliation, how is that able? How are we able to experience that? We've got to turn from our sin and we turn to Christ. That's all it is, simple turning to Christ. So the Bible's very clear for us and tells us that when we receive Christ, that we become that new creation in Christ Jesus. It's nothing that we do of ourselves. It's all of Jesus Christ. And notice here again, let's look back at our text in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. When we turn to Christ, when we're reconciled, this is now us as believers in Christ. If you know Jesus as our Savior, we have an awesome responsibility. Notice what our text says here. He says this in verse 18, and this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and notice this, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And then in verse 20, or excuse me, in verse 19, he says, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And then in verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So here we are now have the ministry of reconciliation and we have the message of reconciliation. I mean, who better to tell people about God's love than those who have been redeemed by his love? Who better to tell about God's mercy and his grace than those that who have experienced his mercy and his grace? Do you know that the angels don't even experience that? But we do. 
You know, the angels are going to stand in awe when, he's, when they see God's creation that has been redeemed from corruption enter into the gates of heaven. That is phenomenal. We have that privilege. We have that opportunity to experience that. And we have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation. Now, when I say those two things, the message and the ministry of reconciliation, right away, what goes into your head of what we're supposed to be doing? Anybody? If we are entrusted with the message of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation, what do you think about first thing? What is it? Forgive. Forgive. Okay. Talk to, Talk to people. Okay. What else? Share the gospel. Share the gospel. Okay. Don't worry, I don't think you'll be in wrong answers. A joke. A joke. That's wrong. <laughs> I think many times when we talk about, okay, we're ambassadors and we're supposed to be having the ministry of reconciliation, the message of reconciliation, the first things that always come to our mind is, okay, giving out gospel tracts, telling people about our church, talking about Christ. And I agree with you, all of that is very true, okay? But I think it's more than just speaking it. We are to embody reconciliation. It, reconciliation is to be our life. Think about this. The world hears about us talking about Jesus. They see our signs, John 3.16. They get our gospel tracts, our invites to church, worship times, all that kind of stuff. But do they actually see us living out reconciliation? Do you know what kind of hypocritical life that says to the world when we say, Jesus, 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 change me. Jesus, 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 I love you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But then in our relationships with others, we do not forgive and we do not reconcile in our relationships. That speaks volumes of what we think about Jesus as our Savior. So we are to be embodying reconciliation. So the relationships that we have, husband and wife, that is supposed to be a portrait and a picture of Christ and the church. But when we have ought against each other, we won't forgive and we have children living in the home. You know what we're saying? We're saying to those children, hmm, yeah, Jesus really isn't that important because I'm not willing to forgive mom or I'm not willing to forgive dad. We don't practice that reconciliation. When we're out on the job site, people may know that you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, and you talk about Christ, you may invite them to church, but then your boss does something mean and rude and crude to you, and instead of acting in forgiveness towards him, you may try to retaliate. What does that say about reconciliation in your life? You say, well, it's good enough for me, but eh, I don't really... It's not good enough for you. Whatever. Okay? We're not living out reconciliation. We must live that out. It must be part of the fabric of our lives. Grace must be there. Forgiveness must be there. 
I think that involves two things, forgiveness and grace. I mean, I think of forgiveness in a sense like this. You know, you have a chair here, and when somebody offends you or hurts you, what we do is sometimes we just grip that chair, and we will not let go. <laughs> but we're supposed to release, and we're supposed to allow Christ to work through us and to forgive. I mean, can you imagine if God just chose not to forgive us? I think sometimes we take it for granted, do we not? We take forgiveness in a sense of, yeah, okay, God forgave me. Woo-hoo, woo, all right. I mean, it's astronomical. I mean, do you realize that we were on our way to hell? We were in bondage to sin. We had no hope. No light, no purpose in our life, and God yet chose to forgive us? That's amazing. But what do we do so many times? <laughs> you think I'm going to forgive him? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'll tell you what, I may forget, but I'm, not, I'm never going to forget. Oh, yeah. It's exercising forgiveness towards others. It's exercising grace towards others. When... People do things to you, they hurt you, they mess your life up, they cause problems in your life. What are we supposed to do? Exercise grace. Now I want to show you an awesome aspect of this in, this verse, in these verses here. Look at verse 21, because I think this really sums up for us of how we are to be imitating Christ in reconciliation. Look at it. For our sake... He made him, Christ, to be sin. He made him to be sin. Every vile, horrible, wretched thing that I have ever done in the darkness, everything that I've done deceitfully, everything that is against God, Christ became. He was pure and he was holy, but yet he became sin for me. Why? Because I have something great to offer God? I don't. Because I'm somebody special? No. Notice. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Now, if that isn't forgiveness, if that isn't grace, if that isn't reconciliation, then I don't know what is. So how are we supposed to be walking that out in kingdom living here on the earth? Somebody offends us, somebody hurts us. Does it hurt? Yeah. Does it really mess with our lives? Yes. But we, almost, we always must look back towards the cross and say, hmm, what did I do to Jesus Christ? Well, let's see, I spit upon him. I mocked him. I laughed at him. I ridiculed him. I told him that he really wasn't the Christ. I beat him. I crucified him. And he did all of that for me. I tell you, Jesus had it way harder and more difficult 
than we have ever had in life. But I like the fact that Jesus did all of that to show us that we can live that way. It's a radical way to live. People are not used to it. And can you imagine when people see us forgiving people, exercising reconciliation towards others, you know what that's going to speak about Christ? More than we can just say, hey, why don't you come to church with us? Because it's not normal. The norm is to retaliate. The norm is to get even. The norm is to take vengeance. But this is a different life way to live. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the power that it has. And God, um, I need to live reconciliation. God, I need your help to do that. Please help me get the eyes off me, my feelings, my hurts, my things that I feel people wrong me and doing. And God, just help me to put my eyes on you. Help me to put my eyes on the cross. Help me to focus on Jesus. Help me to be an ambassador for Christ. Lord, if there's one here today that has never received you as Savior, I pray that they make that decision. I pray, Father, that they will turn from their sin, that they will receive Christ. God, make yourself real to them. Draw them unto yourself. Help us this week to live out reconciliation towards others. God, you've changed us and transformed us and help us to do that. We thank you so much for your love for us. And we ask all this in Christ. Amen.